Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and today I am really excited about this episode, this particular podcast, because we're talking about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, uh, adoption. We, we are living right now in an age I never thought I'd live to see. That's the, the post-Roe v. Wade era, and I'm still thrilled that our, our country is taking this direction. But now that we've taken this direction, the fight over abortion is not over, but it's really just begun. Instead of a, a national level fight, it is a state by state and really family by family um, fight. And so now taking center stage is not just abortion, but the issue of adoption, because the, the common refrain from those on the, the pro-choice side will say, okay, well, if we're going to have all of these forced births, then you better step up and start adopting people. And and the problem is that, well, kids aren't getting adopted. And they're wasting away in foster care. And there's a lot of misconceptions about adoption. And uh, that's why we have on the podcast today, uh, John Knox, who's the founder of the Opt Institute. John, really, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate being here. And so, you know, the issue of adoption, listeners know that uh, this is an issue I'm very passionate about. My wife and I have adopted four uh, children. And what really gets, I, I can, I try to be <laughs> tolerant as much as I can. I try to be understanding that people have different views, whether political or uh, in matters of faith. But the, the perception I'm getting from my, my pro-choice friends are that, you know, children are better off being aborted than adopted. And that th there's very few things that make me more upset than the idea that kids should be killed instead of being put up for adoption. I think a lot of that is because we really don't understand what adoption is all about. And, we, and you know, the Opt Institute and um, adoption is an option is doing great work in that field. Jump, I'd like to start off by, can you kind of give us your personal story, why you jumped into this uh, fray and why uh, the Opt Institute even exists? Kevin, I spent 40 years in the surety bond business. I was building and selling insurance companies and doing that. And after I'd sold my first fairly large company in the 90s, I ended up um, uh, during a non-compete period, uh, get, get, going out and doing a search to find my birth mother. I was adopted in 1955 and, um, and, and didn't, and, and it was a closed adoption in Colorado and very difficult to find, but I went back and did a search and I found my birth mother in California and my birth father in, in New York and had um, 25 years or so with each of them that, that I enjoyed uh, getting to know them. My birth mother did not want her five, her husband and five children to know about me. And so it was all shrouded in secret, which is the way adoption used to be. And so I did not, she wanted me to tell her kids after she died. So it wasn't until 2017 that I ended up uh, telling her five children that I existed. 
after after she was gone. So that's kind of where it came. And when I sold my last company, uh, I knew from from non compete periods that I wasn't very good at unemployment, <laughs> and and I had to figure out what I was going to do. And God filled me up to go um, do something in the adoption world, and so that's where I ended up forming adoption as an option and and going forward with that and and seeing if I could take my time, talent, and treasure from the business community and use that in the nonprofit world. And was just amazed to learn that adoption had all but died on private adoption the way I was adopted. I mean, we, back when I was adopted in the 50s, there were hundreds of thousands of kids that were adopted. Uh, last year, our research showed that there were less than 20,000 children placed for, for private adoption in the United States last year. So why do you think that is? Why, why is that, that number been decreasing? I think a big part of it is there's a confusion on adoption with the foster care system which, and, and private adoption. Um, and, and I... I'm talking with a lot of people about using using the name open adoption as opposed to private infant adoption. Private sounds like it's closeted and closed and something of that nature. Uh, open adoption today, which is which is how adoption really works today, is the birth mother has all the choices. She gets to pick the family. One of the things we learned in in the Barna research was that 30 million women in America don't realize they get to pick the birth family. Yeah. I mean, that that's a huge core element. They can have their own lawyer, they can have their own counselor, they can have their own people to help them. And, and that's where I think we think of it as open adoption today and referring to it as open. It doesn't necessarily mean that she has to have an open relationship with the birth family that's adopting. It may be that she's open to that child coming back 20 years or 40 years later, like I did in terms of, of, of having that, but an open relationship with God, an open relationship um, uh, with that child to, to give life. Yeah, and that's really important because I don't think people understand, at least in this current debate, it seems like adoption only means foster care. And I'm all, again, I'm all for adopting out of foster care. I think it's a great ministry. I think Christians and evangelicals ought to consider that, but for, for a young woman, uh, maybe unwed or, or financially struggling, whatever, um, foster care is when the state comes in and has to take a child from a home. But a, a woman who finds herself in a position where she cannot take care of a child, where uh, for whatever reason she doesn't feel like she can raise this child on her own, the option isn't just foster care, but as you mentioned, an open adoption where um, – women have options and talk to us a little bit more about those options because um you, you you're hitting on something really important that people aren't getting is that um this isn't the way it was in the 1950s let's talk about some of those changes and, and just what the options women have really are the, the options they have today it, it's totally different and that's where when we see a lot of the the articles coming out lately being against adoption and talking about the way that it used to be. Yeah. It's not how it is today. Today, a woman is, is completely empowered. She has 
the the choice to be able to pick the family. She has the choice to have her own lawyer. She has the choice to make the decision on what type of communication she wants to have going forward. She gets to have those conversations. And if she's working with one of the top or, or the, the, the licensed better adoption agencies and lawyers, they can help her through that whole process to where she's in control. Where their confusion comes is, is the foster care side, just like what you said. They're, they think of it as being like foster care because there's so many more kids that are adopted through the foster care system, right? Because that's where the state and has taken control. They've terminated the birth parent rights. They've, they've taken control and they're making all the decisions. What's wonderful about, about it on the, on the private side or on the open side is, is to have, have her be able to make those decisions, have her to be able to pick those. You talked about the number of people. I mean, there's at least 700,000 families that want to adopt. The, 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 the agencies around the country are telling us that it's a 40 to one ratio. Hmm of how many families they have that want to adopt versus how many children are available at, at birth. Uh, most people want to adopt one at birth. There's, it, I, I love the, the foster care system, but it's harder to adopt after a child has, has, has spent the number of years and the number of times it takes going through the foster care system. And so that's where if more birth mothers would choose adoption if they would choose open adoption at the beginning we would end up with a lot less kids in the foster care system yeah so again it's not merely a uh you have to either have your child or put them up in in foster care there are other options and that's really why you launched this study um abortion and its competitors results of a national survey regarding adoption in the u.s in 2022 this is put out by by george barna but your institute here uh, commission that study. And uh, the shocking result is that, that not only do, do women not have the correct information, um, but it seems so they're, they're, uh, they don't have the, the, the people to point them in the right direction, it seems. They don't. And I think they have trouble finding those. There, there's some great resources available to, to women today that um, there's an organization in Dallas called Brave Love. Um, it's bravelove.org that, that um, uh, has um, lots of vetted partners on their site that they have that that they can refer people to. They have great stories on their site about uh, about birth mothers. Uh, they don't try to make it easy. They don't try to sugarcoat it. It's not an easy option. If, if, and, and they make it clear. I mean, if you have an unwanted or unintended pregnancy, you've got three really hard options in terms of that. And, and, but they tell the real stories and they tell the stories about these loving women who are brave and go forward and uh, with adoption and, and how rewarding it is to them and in terms of what they do. Um, one of the things in, in, in there is, is they're also able to connect 
um, women with those local agencies. They have them broken down by state. The National Council for Adoption also has on their site broken down by state where you can find local licensed agents, agencies and attorneys that can help. And if you're here in, in, in this area where, where I'm at, again, uh, I, I constantly promote the, the Willow Women Center. It does a great job in, in giving you resources and pointing you in the right direction. There are, there are many areas uh, or, 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 or many uh, organizations that are willing to do that. Um, you know, reading through this, this, this survey, the thing that shocked me the most is how little influence the church has in all of this. Uh, it, it seems as though women are not comfortable at all talking to their pastors, talking to their church leaders about this topic. Was, it, was that a surprise to you? It was a huge surprise. The churches came in at 12%. There were a number of surprises there. I would have thought peers and the internet and, and those would influence women the most. Uh, outside of family, the number one influencer uh, of, of women were doctors in the medical community. Yeah. Uh, and, and then counselors and therapists were way up on the list. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems that when somebody has a, a crisis in today's society, they look, to, they look to the experts, right? They look to people on the outside. And, and, and that's what they do. It's, 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 I mean, Planned Parenthood even ranked higher than the church yeah. uh, in, in, in terms of where women are turning for advice. Uh, it's, um, it's very surprising. So what can we do to change that within our, even, uh, it, it was broken down here, even women who claim the name of Christ, who, who claim to be Christians, uh, still aren't turning to their churches. So what can we do in our churches to start to, to, to reverse that? The church needs to be willing to talk about it. A lot of the churches don't want to talk about abortion um, because, they, because their parishioners are split in terms of the, their, their, their feelings of that. But, but I do not understand why the churches are not willing to talk about adoption. I mean, Moses gave us the greatest open adoption story in history right at the beginning, right? I mean, he's, 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 he's got the story of open adoption. And, and for the church it seems to me to be a wonderful opportunity to be able to talk about that. Over the last 50 years that we've lived under, under the Roe v. Wade decision, adoption has just gotten lost. It's, it's, it, it, it's kind of been forced out of the dialogue. Today, when somebody finds out they're pregnant with an unwanted, unintended pregnancy, they think about abortion or I'm going to have this gut. I mean, those are the only two choices they think about. They're not thinking about adoption. And I think the church can play a huge role by talking biblically about how you can get adopted twice. We're adopted into God's family, but adoption is a wonderful message. And it is a wonderful, it's a wonderful way to live. It, uh, those of us who have been adopted 
Uh, that's what we did with the I Am That Kid series that, that, that's on our site. But those of us that have been adopted have, have want to share those stories. We've done 10 new stories that'll go on that site in the next six weeks or so. But it um, it's a message we need to get out there. It's a message I think the church needs to tell. I mean, it, there, I think there's a reason God wanted us to know so early on in the Bible about what a wonderful option that adoption is. So I can hear some objections from my fellow church members say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't, um, we still need to preach against sin, right? Because um, sex before marriage, we believe is a sin. And therefore, if there's a young mother in church, we, we don't want to praise that. We don't want to uh, somehow highlight that. You don't want to highlight it, but uh, we all don't live a perfect life. And, and, and we live in a society to say, we, we don't even want to talk about it. I mean, I, there was a, there was a story about a preacher that 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 I, I I knew of for thirty years. He was preaching against he was preaching against abortion, and all of a sudden his sixteen year old daughter got pregnant, hmm. and he ended up taking her to another state to get an abortion. And I think about what a tragedy that is, not just for the child, but thinking about the tragedy for her that grew up in that family and for him to go against his basic belief. Right. And I said, why not adoption? And the answer was, I didn't even think about adoption. Yeah. I mean, such a, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't even know how to respond on that. You know, that, that's what's wrong is that nobody's thinking about adoption. It even in in the Barna study of the ones that 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 were were born again Christians that in in his study, ten um, percent of them thought that adoption was not biblically correct. I mean, they they, they thought there was something wrong with it from that aspect. I mean, this is 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 the exact opposite. We've got we've got we've got a book that's telling us. What a wonderful story adoption is. I mean, the essence of the gospel, the essence of a Christian worldview is that idea of redemption, where we take something that was a bad situation and God redeems that for his glory and for his honor. I mean, that's that's the whole Christian life is the idea of grace and forgiveness to those who are undeserving. And that we can, I'll, I'll tell you just a quick story. Um, and I'm sorry, if I'm not going to bore you with this, but... Um, in, in our church, uh, a few years ago, we had a, a family come in, and a little did we know that the young teenage girl was pregnant. She had just found out um, shortly before they came, and they they took the pastor aside and said, "Well, we got to tell you about this. Uh, if we're going to join the church, if we're going to be a part of this congregation, you should probably know." Um, and to make a long story short, um, that child or that, that mother said, you know what? Uh, they met a couple in the church in the, uh, who, who were trying to adopt. And uh, they had several failed adoptions. And it was a big mess. But she said, you know, I feel like God wants me to give this child to this family. And I'll tell you, it was the most emotional, joyful church service I've ever been in in my life when that announcement was made. Um, 
We didn't glorify the sin, but God used that situation to bless another family and not just another family, but another, uh, the entire congregation as it was just a remarkable, remarkable expression of joy and love and grace and blessing because that young woman had the courage to give her, her child up in an open adoption. Um, and they still continue to have a relationship today. Um, but I'll tell you that the joy that it brought that church, I can't imagine a church not wanting that. And we could repeat that story over and over again. If we, if again, if it, it goes back to the gospel, it goes back to redemption, it goes back to grace and forgiveness and how God can change that situation and bring it to his honor and to his glory. And I'm sure, uh, John, you could probably tell other stories very similar. Those, those are the types of stories that we need to tell, Kevin. I mean, that's, that, that is what it's intended to be. I, we saw that recently over in Kerrville come together with a 16-year-old and, and, and a, a volleyball player with her quarterback boyfriend that, that, that got pregnant. And, and um, it was a small town over in the Texas Hill Country. And the whole town kind of came together and, and supported those two people as they walked through uh, having a child and placing it for adoption. And they honored them in such ways that, that I think that town all sees that. And we just need more of that across America. We need to see more of those stories and see the redemption that comes from that. Yeah. Well, we are, we are out of time. And John, I really want to thank you for your ministry and uh, for the work that you do. It's important. It is uh, gospel-centered, and uh, we certainly need more of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you listeners for, for tuning in here or, or downloading this. Um, again, our recommended resources this week, Adoption and Its Competitors, this uh, George Barna study, we'll have a link to that. We also want to have a link to the, the Opt Institute and Adoption is an Option. Go through these YouTube videos that we were just mentioning. Um, I am that kid. I, I was listening to several of those uh, this morning. It'll, it'll fill your heart. It will bring joy and uh Thank you again, John. For, for Thank you. All right. So tune in next week. And until then, have a great rest of your Don't forget our website. Start www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You'll find all those links right there. So we'll come back uh, next week. Mm-hmm.